0: Hello everyone, this is Eric from the future. I just wanted to drop by to give you a big Disneyland Paris update that just rolled out before we start the show. Due to a public filing, we now know that Disneyland Paris is planning on building a brand new convention center, cast member parking, offices landscaped pedestrian areas, which look super nice, and best of all, phase two of the Disney Village expansion, as well as a brand new lakeside hotel. Now we're still missing several details, like an exact timeline, as well as details on the new hotel, but we'll keep you guys posted. The render we have seen of the new walkways looks sleek and modern, with plants separating the walkway from the street and let me tell you, these walkways would make any theme park path proud. They're super wide, which is great. Anyway, we'll keep you guys informed as new details emerge, now enjoy the show! and welcome back to Air Magique. I'm your host, Eric, and with me is my amazing co-host, Niels. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking about the
1: best snacks you can get at Disneyland Paris.
0: Yes, when you're running around a theme park all day, you know, you really do start to crave some of that sinful sugar and carbohydrates. But <laughs> before we get to all that, I did want to mention that this month's Patreon-exclusive show is the Discoveryland Deep Dive, which concludes our Disneyland Park Deep Dive series. You can check that out, along with all of our other fabulous bonus episodes on Patreon.com slash and it all starts at just €2, Euro. so stick around till the very end of the show for a preview of that Patreon exclusive, and thank you to everybody supporting ermagique In park news, Disneyland Paris is still closed, but the refurbishment teams have been hard at work refreshing props, painting, and decorating various attractions around Disneyland Paris. Disney recently posted a video featuring the so-called brush and roll program that was launched in 2014. An interesting tidbit is that they repaint the lower and upper halves of buildings on Main Street at different intervals. I didn't know that. No, me neither. (laughs) Yeah, since the parkgoers come into much greater contact with the lower half, it's repainted at least once a year while the upper half portions of the buildings are exposed to less sticky fingers and are only touched up once every three years. So I guess that makes a lot yeah. of sense. Yeah I think so
1: too but I never realized that and I'm just wondering <laughs> if there are no color differences. Yeah it's true fresher paint, paint right? Yeah exactly if you do the the lower part uh, well sometimes even three times a year i understood so uh, that's quite a lot
0: yeah yeah that's true they probably have this down to science it's probably like one day after three years you start to notice a big difference between the two shades true but they did a really good job with the divider line where they stop painting so when it starts going into forced perspective i guess 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 that's where they only do it every three years i will definitely have a closer look when i visit the park next time (laughs) yes totally that's a great idea yeah i mean people are leaning up against these buildings kids are touching the walls with their little ice cream (laughs) fingers and uh, yeah i mean people just in general or yeah heavy wear and tear touching everything (laughs) (laughs) so yeah the storybook store is also receiving some intense r&r just like the castle it is covered in scaffolding And everything from carpentry, painting, waterproofing decor, made of resin, signs and so forth are being refurbished. So it's nice that that place is also getting some love. Now, just like the castle, when the parks reopen, the scaffolding will be covered up in a specially designed print so as to minimize its impact on the land's look and feel. Yeah, Yeah, also really clever. It's interesting, a lot of European cities are also doing this. So when I was in Venice a couple of years ago, they were refurbishing the Plaza San Marco, which is like the main square in Venice and they also had a huge part of the buildings was covered in scaffolding Mm -hmm. and they covered it up with like a screen print, which was really clever. So it didn't ruin your holiday pictures. (laughs) (laughs) But still, you have to come back one day (laughs) for the real thing. (laughs) Yeah, it's very true. Yeah, also part of it was like this huge ad with Scarlett Johansson for Moët Chandon. So yeah, it wasn't 100% authentic (laughs) by any stretch of the imagination. Interestingly enough, many of Main Street's shop signs have been taken down and brought ...back into the workshops during the closure. So the Emporium sign received a fresh coat of paint... ...as well as a complete redo of the gold leaf lettering. Did you know that was real gold leafing? No, mm-hmm. I didn't, no, know, that was no, real I didn't know that. Well, <laughs> I was aware of the gold at
1: the castle towers... ...but not um, mm-hmm. about these, uh, well, shop signs. <laughs> yeah. So I'm
0: wondering if there are any more... ...that actually have the gold leaf lettering. I believe I saw Eddie Soto on Twitter post that... Some of the window screen prints are also oh. gold leaf letters. Yeah, that could be. Yeah. And yeah. that's why they're so nice and shiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, so the next time you're taking a stroll down Main Street, take a moment to appreciate that 24 karat magic going on in the signage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Inside the Market House Deli, the props and decor team is also refreshing all of the interesting vintage cans and food packaging. Now, this proved to be a real challenge because Disneyland Paris utilizes a bunch of real antiques, so it's not like they can just quickly and easily duplicate prints and pieces. One real 1920 sack of flour, for example, (laughs) has been sitting in the Market House Deli at Disneyland Paris and has been collecting dust and dirt for the past 30 years of operations. Now, the team actually took the sack back to the office and scanned it in ultra-high resolution. A graphic designer, I wish it was me, (laughs) then touches up all the graphics while another specialist finds out exactly what materials were used to make the sack. The team then creates an identical replica of it, which, yeah, is great for the future since now they have a master file available and they can easily duplicate it. In fact, each prop has its own proper master documentation that can be referred to by future teams to get the look and feel just right if a prop doesn't have documentation well that's being rectified right now <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah
0: it seemed that they well
1: document everything these days the colors the materials True. exact locations of props yeah there's such a lot of care uh, going on there and I'm really happy that they give such small details a lot of attention, and I personally appreciate that, but I can even imagine that a lot of people don't even care about this sack of flour (laughs) to be really authentic, but yeah. I'm really surprised that they put so much effort in these small details to make it so authentic and keep it that way, so it almost feels like a museum. (laughs) Yes,
0: totally. I mean, I think standards and practices for such a highly themed immersive space are super important. and it's. Exactly what Disneyland Paris needs to keep up a good show and to mm-hmm. make sure that the quality doesn't degrade over time, that everybody knows exactly where, what's supposed to be. Of course, this adds an entirely new layer of complexity for the mm-hmm. Russian role teams or any type of teams that are in charge of designing the spaces and keeping them looking right, because... You have to follow all of these guidelines and True. it's a challenge. So you have to really get into the documentation before you even move yeah. or touch You're a single Just can. remove something
1: yeah. and clean it up. No, <laughs> exactly.
0: Yeah, so the whole idea is to rejuvenate all the decor and to make it appear exactly as it did 30 years ago when the gates first opened. Some lucky attractions also got some love like Pinocchio where the team repainted many of the sets and installed new LED black lighting. So apparently the black light is pretty harsh on the specialized paint and does really eat away at it. The large ice cream cone in the Pleasure Island scene had almost completely faded to orange, but then the team was able to restore it to its former bright pink strawberry goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there were some
1: huge color changes visible due to these lights, so it's really good that they changed it and the black lights itself seem to lose effectiveness after a couple of months already, so LED versions of black light should be a more doable solution than uh, It'll
0: be really interesting to see how these age the sign as well, how um, the LED light intensity affects the colors over a longer period of time. It's so jarring to go on these attractions after they've been freshly refurbished because you're like, oh, this is what this is supposed to look like. Like You get so used to the fading of all the colors and then (laughs) it's like a punch in the gut (laughs) in a good way. Originally, this first two-month refurbishment was supposed to take place at a later date, but the team took advantage of the imposed closure to do what needed to be done. So, props to Disneyland Paris for being so flexible with its refurbishments. That's really a brilliant and wonderfully efficient (laughs) way to go about it, so the German in me loves that. (laughs) (laughs) Pinocchio is not the only attraction that got some love, though. Even the Tower of Terror is getting the works. Inside the lobby, the teams are touching up the patinas. For those of you who don't know, patina is a green or brown film on the surface of bronze or similar metals like copper, produced by oxidization over a long period. And they're also touching up all the lovely little cracks in the walls, which are actually done with the trompe l'oeil technique. Yeah, that's fantastic. (laughs) It's an illusion. Yes! (laughs) That's also a throwback to our Fantasy Line deep dive episode, and go check that out if you want to learn even more about a trompe (laughs) l'oeil. We talk about that a bit. During the construction of the Tower of Terror, it originally took a full two weeks to cover the lobby in artificial spiderwebs. The decorators had to follow strict guidelines from Walt Disney Imagineering that defined the placement of each and every web. (laughs) Now, the secret to Disneyland Paris webs is that it's actually hot glue. Mm. The team uses a modified glue gun that adds pressurized air at just the right angle and forms the webs. So who knew spiderwebs could be so much work? (laughs) Yeah, and I'm wondering if there are Any
1: real spider webs now in between those artificial ones? (laughs) I'm sure there must be, right? Like over time. Yeah, so if they're cleaning it up, then uh, we have less uh, spider webs all all of a sudden. (laughs) (laughs) Were
0: there more here before? Yeah. For the ongoing refurbishment, the team photographed all the webbing removed it to refresh the props and then replaced all of the webbing exactly as it was before they even submitted the after photos to Walt Disney Imagineering in California for final creative approval so yeah, yeah even wow. every single spider web has to be approved yeah. <laughs> yeah so now let's get on to the main topic Disneyland Paris is full of details and gorgeous design However, when it comes to food, well, I wouldn't say that's why you go to the Paris exactly, <laughs> which is ironic because we're literally in France. The country with the world's most renowned cuisine. True. And you know what? Where's our Dole Whip? Where
1: is it? <laughs> yeah, I still miss that. Yeah, I miss a lot of the American snacks or premium snacks, yeah. uh, as they call it. The Mickey pretzel with the cheese dip. Uh, indeed, the Dole Whip and any other Dole Whip float alike yeah. uh, version they have. Uh, they have so many different tastes and seasonal versions. Totally. But the turkey leg. Wow. Well, there's a lot of nice snacks over there that uh, well we could simply
0: uh, adopt here. I 100% agree. I feel like the American as well as the Asian Disney parks do a much better job with anything that has to do with the culinary arts in the parks, from <laughs> snacks to dining. Yeah, we do have some really good dining options at Disneyland Paris. Don't so get me wrong, but True. yeah, it could be better. But we missed the Disney-themed
1: snacks and the Mickey-shaped stuff. It's still. Limited. Yeah. Which is why I
0: think this episode makes sense because we did our best to find the most Disney (laughs) things you can get in terms of snacks at Disneyland Paris. Anyway, yeah, I mean, there are some yummy things you can find in the parks and Niels and I have compiled a list of our favorite picks. So Niels,
1: <laughs> what's your first pick? Well, my first pick is a simple one, but one we got uh, quite some times now, and that's uh, the nachos with uh, melted cheddar cheese from uh, Last Chance Cafe, oh, yeah. which is in uh, Frontierland with a nice view <laughs> <laughs> uh, in the direction of Big Thunder Mountain. Preferably, I combine this nachos uh, snack uh, with the barbecue chicken wings that they also sell over there and a big uh, cold Coke. Nice. (laughs) It's a great Tex-Mex Wild West feel snack that perfectly fits the theme of the area. But uh, unfortunately, Last Chance Cafe isn't always open. So uh, yeah, be sure to check out the Disneyland Paris app to uh, see its uh, operating times during uh, your next visit. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out these uh, simple but... uh, Really nice uh, snacks.
0: I feel like operating times are going to be kind of a side theme in this episode because this goes for so many things we're about to yeah, talk about. I'm afraid so. Yeah. So are the nachos with cheese, is there any kind of fresh like tomatoes no. or something on top no. or is
1: it just... It's just nachos. And
0: cheese. Okay. <laughs> so it's actually quite simple, but yeah, it's one of my favorites. Yeah. Is the cheese kind of spicy a little bit, or is it just like a the regular kind of nacho cheese that it's everybody knows? It's accessible
1: for everyone. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's not spiced. So that's why I uh, love to have it together with the barbecue chicken wings, because those uh, yeah. have a little bit stronger flavor, but uh, it goes really well with those nachos. And, uh, they got
0: a nice balance going on. Yeah, then. you
1: can have the nachos together with the chicken wings or or something else from last Chance cafe as a lunch but um, if you just take the nachos it's a good afternoon snack in my opinion totally <laughs> so
0: what's your uh, first one Eric? okay so i'm gonna go with something french mm. i'm gonna go with the sweet and salty crepes you can find around disneyland paris i mean if you're going to france and this is a once in a lifetime trip for you or even once in a decade you probably have some kind of food bucket list yep. and crepes absolutely have to be on that bucket <laughs> list and disneyland paris does them yeah okay <laughs> i mean you're definitely going to find better crepes, freshly made crepes elsewhere in Europe or even France mm-hmm. for that matter. However, they are a really good option when you're in the park. Yep. The stand I frequent the most is in Frontierland near Big Thunder Mountain and the crepes themselves are pre-made so the cast member just heats them up a bit on this flat surface but they add some of that hot Nutella on top and it's heated up and that pre-fabricated crepe will start to look like a fabulous three star Michelin culinary <laughs> experience. <laughs> yeah, When the crepe cards are open you can also find them in fantasyland as well as discoveryland and also in the walt disney studios park interestingly enough when you are staying in the castle club lounge they serve the exact same Prefab crepes up there in the breakfast buffet. <laughs> so uh, Disneyland Paris, I guess, just buys them in bulk and then supplies some of the hotels as well as the snack carts with them. I guess so. Yeah. Over in the Walt Disney Studios Park, you can also find salty crepes during the Les Verts gourmand food festival. Mm-hmm. Not only do they serve an assortment of sweet and salty snacks like ham and raclette cheese sandwiches or hot chestnuts. But the little chalets are also decorated with these cute little bows and lights. So it's (laughs) reminiscent of a German Christmas market. During our last trip, I had a cheesy crepe with ham, which was pretty good. I would give it a solid... B plus, <laughs> especially <laughs> if you're in the mood for a salty snack, you can easily hold in your hand. Yeah. So Niels, did you ever get a chance to try anything from L'Evergouement? Uh, yes, uh, a couple of times, but yeah, I usually go for a crab
1: with goat cheese. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good yeah, option. that was really good. Yeah. And I also had one with mushrooms and cheese i think
0: oh that also sounds really good that's a really good vegetarian option yeah. as well cuz you got some of the nice veggies in there yeah. as well as the cheese to fill you True. up so oh yeah that sounds great yeah,
1: yeah. and i think they usually use the emmental cheese so the mm-hmm. the bit uh, <laughs> sweet cheese not everyone likes that but yeah i think it was pretty good and it makes them also a bit more filling yeah if you have something with like cheese or mushrooms or even goat cheese on it so it's not just a snack but uh, it could even serve as a light lunch totally (laughs)
0: totally and usually happens during the colder months of the year so like a nice hot crepe with melted cheese is really what you're craving during those sub-zero or near-zero temperatures true
1: yeah and i think i also had um from the italian uh, booth i had a pizza but i'm not sure <laughs> what was on the pizza but it was uh, better than the well the pizzas that you can get from the quick service uh counters uh, good in to the know park. so uh, yeah it's good to keep in mind it was uh pretty good uh, yeah what's your next pick meals? well next i take us to uh, victoria's homestyle rust at the Ah. far end of main street uh, usa it's a small and highly popular place so prepare for a wait or be early and then wait (laughs) to be one of the first guests (laughs) (laughs) it usually uh, opens at uh, 2 p.m and um, this uh, place serves fresh iced teas and fresh and beautifully disney themed milkshakes so nice Yeah, those milkshakes are really the best I've had a strawberry one and I took the Olaf themed banana shake a couple of times even. Ooh. It's delicious. It looks really cute. So it's <laughs> really Instagrammable. And they offer quite some, well, different shakes, including also cute Chip and Dale themed uh, ones. But uh, I never uh, took those ones because I think it's chocolate and I'm not a big fan chocolate shake fan okay, okay. but i prefer to eat something with my shake and at victoria's you <laughs> haven't much choice but what they have is really fantastic i can highly recommend well the assortment of mini pastries that they uh, offer it's a changing assortment but real french top quality i would say usually something uh, sweet with fruit or something with chocolate And these pastries look very classy, not always, but sometimes they're even mickey-shaped. So uh, yeah, that's really cool oh yeah and you can choose for an assortment of three or five pastries uh, depending on how hungry you are or with how many people you are so uh, oh, cool it's a nice snack in the afternoon uh, to have with your milkshake or, or a fresh iced tea and uh, well last but not least but <laughs> i'm cheating a bit <laughs> by putting so many snacks <laughs> in one thing but victoria's has also uh, mickey shaped waffles in the winter season oh. and then not the ordinary ones with uh, well uh, sugar or uh, something like that but they have real specials so i had a waffle with salmon and some kind of cream twice and that's really so delicious nice. so uh, victoria's really is a place to go um for a nice snack in the afternoon so they're usually open between two and end of the afternoon i think so um, yeah limited opening times but
0: um yeah worth a visit yeah so are the salty waffles also served hot or are they completely cold i think They're hot. Yeah,
1: not hot, but at least warmed. Ah,
0: okay. Nice. Oh, that sounds so good.
1: I'm not completely sure anymore, but I think they were at least warmed up a bit. Mm -hmm. And they had some other variations with, I think, cereals. So yeah, that's the
0: place to go if you want something... uh, well, more special. I mean, a nice salty waffle with smoked salmon and cream cheese. It sounds like a dream, honestly. <laughs> I love it. I also love a good sweet yeah. waffle, don't get me wrong, but oh, that sounds so good. Me too. But these
1: are definitely better than the ones you can get from the
0: counter yeah. and kiosks. Yeah. I mean, and then the summer, the Terrace of Victoria's, if you can get a seat, mm. is such a fabulous place to eat your delectables and enjoy that view of Sleeping Beauty Castle People watch on Main Street. I mean, it's just the most fabulous place ever to sit, and I've never managed to get a seat there. Oh, (laughs) really? So many times. I've I've been there a couple (laughs) of times, and uh, yeah, it's indeed a
1: great place. You you cannot always see the castle from there. It depends on where you sit, but at least there, well, you have the nice Main Street buildings, the nice pavement, some trees, and flowers around you. So yeah, it's a wonderful place to sit back, relax, hear the Main Street uh,
0: music, and uh, treat yourself with a snack. Totally. So. My next pick is the first Instagrammable pick on my end, I would say. Mm. So the Mickey-shaped marshmallow with ears dipped in chocolate from the Boardwalk Candy Palace on Main Street. Oh, and the triple chocolate fudge if you're feeling extra, extra sinful. Those are really heavy, those fudges. (laughs)
1: Oh, they're delicious. Totally American
0: style, very authentic. Now, the Boardwalk Candy Palace is the place for anybody with a serious sweet tooth. Not only is the the turn-of-the-20th-century shop drop-dead gorgeous, but it offers a wide selection of sweets plus the Mickey-shaped marshmallow. Sometimes you just need a little something sweet to get you through another queue, especially with kids, so having a fun snack to share can make all the difference. Basically, the snack is made up of homemade marshmallows covered with melted chocolate mm. and it's so amazing. Sounds good. Last time I was there, there were only €2.50 each, so oh. you really can't go wrong with that. No. Other than that, if you're looking for any Mickey-shaped sweets, this is definitely the place to go. They also sell Mickey meringues. Mm-hmm. I'm not, not sure how to say that. <laughs> <laughs> something like that. <laughs> this is one, This one called a Mickey biscuit and cookies, which from an American standpoint are far less sweet than what you would expect them to be. More of like a buttery mm-hmm. biscuit type situation. Right. If you really want something super sweet, go with a Mickey shaped marshmallow or the fabulous assortment of fudge. If you're lucky and it's not a pandemic, they will have a ton of tiny samples on top of the candy case or you can ask nicely and they usually will let you sample small pieces before purchasing a large chunk of fudge. So the flavors you can find there include triple chocolate, vanilla, strawberry, chocolate mint, chocolate banana... I mean, besides the triple chocolate, which is my favorite, Hmm. another really good option is the citrusy fudge citron meringue, which is Mm. fabulous. Yeah, I think I
1: had that one. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's really nice. Uh, And I think some things they might prepare right there in the candy shop, but uh, most of it will be coming from some kind of outside Disneyland Paris pastry or bakery. The quality is maybe even a bit higher than what you (laughs) get in other places in the park. Yeah, and...
0: I mean, the place is just so gorgeous to walk into. I love it. Yeah, that mural, right? <laughs> yeah, the mural. Oh my gosh. Yeah, everything tastes pretty good there. So definitely if you're craving something sweet, this is a good option. Yeah. And I remember growing up as a teenager in Tennessee, we'd head over to Dollywood for the weekend, which was the local amusement park there. It was owned by, or is still owned by, country singer Dolly Parton. Ah. And they had a bunch of shops that were absolutely adorable and they sold the most fabulous fudges there so <laughs> i always associate fudge with dolly parton these days because oh, okay. yeah. <laughs> which i mean looking at her figure i'm sure she's never had a piece in her life but <laughs> anyway <laughs> at least
1: that's your uh,
0: well association with uh, dolly yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> nice yeah my uh, last uh, snack already oh yeah yeah, I think I choose themed macaroons that Disney sells during the well the special seasons, Ooh, yeah. especially in the Walt Disney Studios Park. You can get these uh, macaroons from the food carts and the kiosks on the production courtyard and that surrounding. I think we've had a cute D.O. macaroon from uh, Star Wars during the Star Wars season. Also a great Captain Marvel one and a Spider-Man one during the Marvel superheroes season. So they usually have multiple tastes in different designs matching the theme of the season that is going on. So there's something for everyone or at least also some variety (laughs) if you want to have multiple (laughs) like me. And the good thing is that they're... quite big with mm-hmm. really crunchy outside and soft filling so yeah i really love those ones and so good they always look nice so um, yeah definitely look for the macaroons in the kiosks when there is a special
0: season in the Walt disney studios park i mean and this is also so appropriate for france right you've got True. the macaroons so it just it fits the country it works yeah <laughs> and nowadays almost every season at disneyland paris has its own special treats mm-hmm. which
1: i love yeah they're doing a better job uh, well during the last one or two years yeah. Yes!
0: So props to them for that. I love the infamous Yoda cookie whose eyes <laughs> looked like they could suck the soul out of your body, accompanied by this blind yeah. smile. <laughs> I yeah. mean, this thing was the Sharknado of Disneyland Paris snacks and I adored it. <laughs> yeah. They regrettably removed the face after a bit yeah, truly <laughs> kept the
1: Yoda head silhouette. Yeah. yeah, and the funny thing is that the whole uh, social uh, community was complaining about these uh, Yoda <laughs> cookies. but a lot of american disney park fans that i saw they adored it they were asking for a yoda cookie because they don't have it but uh, yeah so yeah.
0: yeah i mean i love crazy things like this also for the marvel season the Groot raspberry shortbread looked yeah. so good yeah, in but, a non-ironic way it yeah, was really but, cute yeah
1: that looked really good but that yoda cookie and and even the chewbacca cookie yeah <laughs> it, 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 it was just not really professional you guys if you haven't
0: <laughs> seen pictures of these yet go google that right now because they're so hilarious <laughs> <laughs> I think I have the Yoda cookie uh, somewhere on
1: my Instagram account, but... Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, it's with a
0: face or without the face? Maybe
1: both. Oh, but nice. Without the face for sure, but uh, I think I have one with the face as well because I had a couple of ones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, um, so what's your
0: last one? Yeah, my last pick. Yeah, again, I'm keeping a French, we're in France, and mm-hmm. I admit that I generally prefer the savory over the sweet snacks, Okay, which is no. why my next pick is the croque Museum. <laughs> sorry don't i don't want have to do that <laughs> uh, i was practicing this afternoon trying to say this the right way and i'm um, i don't think i got it the, uh, but. Uh, the croque monsieur from market house deli on main street so for those of you who don't know the paris staple is a hot sandwich made with ham and cheese The dish originated in French cafes and bars as a quick snack. And the name is based on the verb croque, which means to crunch, and the word monsieur, which means mister. The sandwich's first recorded appearance on a Paris cafe menu was all the way back in 1910. The Disneyland Paris version is large, toasty, and delicious. With Mm. all that cheese and ham, it really fills you up. So it makes for a very large snack. And I would go so far as to say it could replace a light lunch. Hmm. It's a great option if you just want to grab something quickly and sit down somewhere for a moment or two. To people watch on Main Street or just to take in the fabulous surroundings of Main Street. When it's open, which is, yeah, again, always a qualifier at Disneyland Paris, (laughs) Market House Deli is easy to access and has a bunch of other lunch options like baguettes, wraps, salads that make for great non-fussy meals. And of course, the Market House Deli itself is lovely with its Victorian tin ceiling and antique cans we mentioned earlier. (laughs) By the way, if you want to learn more about the design and history of the fabulous spaces you can find on Main Street USA at Disneyland Paris, check out our previous Main Street USA deep dive episode. Don't get me wrong. If you want a full sit-down meal, this is not the right place for you. I nope. would say head over to Adventureland for Captain Jack's or Bistro Chermie and Walt Disney Studios Park. Sure. On the other hand, they do have sides like bags of chips and muffins. Oh, I almost forgot to mention, Margaret House Deli is self-service cafeteria style. Yeah. So if you've ever dined at an Ikea, <laughs> you know how this works. You just grab a tray yeah. and pass by various food stations that house the croque monsieur, baguettes, wraps, and drinks. Yeah. Get what you like and yes. then the <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I hope that they
1: will one day add the so called croque madame. Ooh, what's that? Yeah. It's, well, basically the same, I think, but they add a fried egg on top of the, well, the croque machet. So that's even better. Oh but uh, yeah, I can also imagine that it's a bit more difficult to offer that as a quick right. service thing that is already prepared. Yeah. It's also a bit messier, I think, to eat. But, well, I prefer the croque, uh, yeah. the croque madame. Madame. <laughs> madame.
0: It's <laughs> oh, good to know. I had never even heard of her before mm. nice to meet you Croc <laughs> madame
1: <laughs> yeah, Niels so where can people find you well you can find me on uh, Instagram under the handle at capturing Disney parks and uh, at kept Disney parks on uh, Twitter for podcast influencer interviews videos and articles you can visit uh, my website capturing so see you there
0: now before we go we did want to thank some of our new patrons and you can also get in a shout out at the Newport Bay Club tier on patreon.com slash Air Magique i'll put a link in the show notes so thank you so much to anna from my dlp life thank you to jerry josh and tulips <laughs> so yes. thank you so much
1: everyone it's really an honor to already have you um, as part of our club
0: <laughs> yes you guys be sure to follow airmagique on twitter instagram and facebook for more neat to slam paris content If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. It really makes a difference and helps new folks discover the show. And if you do, we might read it on a future episode. You guys, thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe and have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I chose to focus mostly on lost treasures on this episode, since yeah. we want to gain a deeper understanding of the present land. Nice. It's essential to keep an eye on the past and see what led to the Discovery Land we have today. So my first pick is the long forgotten Café des Visionnaires, or the Visionaries Café, which was a restaurant located between Fantasyland and Discoveryland. The Café was a dedication to the greatest visionaries of all time. The restaurant featured a lovely retro-futuristic mural depicting the legendary stories written by Jules Verne, like From the Earth to the Moon and 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea. The mural was housed in a ceramic frame and was composed of geometric shapes and kept mostly in a blue-yellow color palette, with a portrait of Jules Verne himself at the center. The bronze and copper, black and brown freestone gave the interior a contemporary look, It also featured an outdoor seating area looking out over the fantasy land. So to be fair, it did break (laughs) sightlines. A big plus though was this was a great place to catch the parade since the patio was right along the parade route and you were elevated slightly. The cafe offered table service which featured salads, paella, and couscous prepared fresh at the main counter and served in cast iron pans. In 1993, just one year after the opening of Café de Visionnaire, closed due to lack of demand. It was replaced in 1994 by Arcade de not the beautiful Discoveryland arcades, but the 80s American mall type with video oh. games you could play for an extra charge. Now, that stuck around until 2002 when the building was split in half, one side accommodating the annual passport office and by the way that fantastic Jules Verne mural we mentioned earlier is still there, while the other half became Arcade Omega, a smaller version of Arcade Divisionnaire, and then Arcade Omega closed in late 2005 to make room for the backstage area of Buzz Lightyear Laser Blast yeah the only thing you can still really experience is the annual passport office where you can get your um yeah your annual pass your annual pass yeah yeah <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: thank you yeah <laughs> and that looks awesome yeah it's really feeling like you're entering a piece of history in my opinion uh, yeah yeah
0: i was looking at archive photographs of the cafe and i think it would have been really lovely even though it is breaking sightlines to sit on that large patio they used to have and it was right by where the fountains are and the water escaped. and at the time there are all these effects on the fountains as well that are no longer working today so there was like fire that moved across the water surface there was fog that would come out so it really looked like kind of like an alien planet type (laughs) sci-fi water scape Now, this was just a short preview of the full-length Patreon-exclusive Discoveryland Deep Dive Show, which has more than an hour's worth of great secrets and insights. You can get access to the fantastic exclusive, plus all of our previous bonus episodes, the best cues, Disneyland Paris trivia, 2020 highlights, and much, much more for just two euro. Now on patreon.com slash Link in the show notes.